0: Welcome to the Rogue Unlearning Podcast where we talk about unlearning beliefs that no longer serve us and much more.
1: We are your hosts, Aisha, aka Shante and Ejiro, aka EJRU. Join us bi weekly for a new episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Rogue Unlearning. Also, if you're listening to the Apple Podcasts, hey, don't forget to leave us a five-star rating. Wink wink.
0: Welcome to episode 3 of season 2, Mental Health Part 2. Welcome back guys.
1: (laughs) So first things first
0: on today's agenda is disclaimer time.
1: Disclaim, well, before we disclaim, mm, mm-hmm. let's just. But I want to thank my mommy and my daddy, my brothers and my sisters, my Aisha. friends and listeners of the Road or Learning podcast. Oh yeah! Thank you for the response to part one of mental health episode. It has been guys. so overwhelming. You, you all have sh-
0: Thank you Ooh. for um, understanding sharing your why stories. This is so important.
1: Thank you for sharing ooh, your stories. Um, feedbacks. Like, to ooh. our friend
0: who shared his story, you know yourself. I'm just not going to name names. Thank you so much for trusting us with your story. Um, I hope that uh, more people take mental health seriously. Now, yeah. onto our disclaimers.
1: Wait, before disclaimer, one more thing, sorry. Don't be don't be obsessed. All right. So there are a couple of people that have also reached out to us about like you know, there was a part in uh, the, the part one where we talked about um the best thing you could do for your loved ones or parents in Nigeria is to get them a health insurance. So if you feel like you have any questions around like different insurance options, my, my insurance broke out. But I can point you into the one I did for my family members. Um, And I could refer you if you want. So please shoot us an email. Contact at com if you have any questions. Or just reach out to us on Instagram. Slide into our DMs. Slide it into the DMs. And we'll be
0: sure to respond. Yes. Thank you guys once again. Now for the disclaimer. First thing is we are not experts. We have just done some research on the subject matter that we are going to discuss. And, uh, yeah, so if you find, also, if while you're listening to this, if you get triggered, please take a couple of steps back and reevaluate why you're triggered. And the last thing is the things we're going to talk about. This is a disclaimer for our parents and people who think, maybe people who might feel or think that we are coming for our parents. We love our parents. And do. This is just us talking about some of the things that most of us will be able to relate to. We are not saying our parents are perfect. We're not, um, insinuating that, uh, our parents are problematic. Um, well, they, so, okay. Well, <laughs> sometimes,
1: sometimes they are, but honestly, <laughs> okay. like this, preparing for this episode. Has even opened our eyes to see ways that we have. Even you know, there's so many things we have to unlearn about ourselves and some of the traumas we've carried, and even the many ways that we have, you know, that we're currently falling short. Right. So this episode is going to be heavy, guys, because today today is really heavy because we're not just talking about mental health in general. We're going to be going deep and talking about healing from our childhood traumas in um in adulthood, like. So, and a big part of childhood trauma is a big, very huge part of this is our parents or our guardians, you know, our Care siblings, email. you know, our our, our our teachers, you know, so we'll be really, you know, digging deep. And if it's triggering for you, just, I know, maybe pace yourself. You don't have to listen to all of this at one go. It, it was, or it still kind of was triggering for us as well when, while we're preparing and doing our readings for this episode. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's
0: the disclaimer. So now, on to something that has been on my spirit this morning.
1: <coughs> <coughs> no, you're very upset this morning. Be coming yes. down.
0: Ah, mm-hmm. I can't be calm. <laughs> so, let me tell you, people, what happened. Yesterday being Saturday. Today is Sunday. So, yesterday being... I think it happened yesterday, actually. Yes. So, yesterday being Saturday. Um, Nines, who is a Nigerian musician... Um, he hasn't released any music in, in years now, but he's a Nigerian musician. He's famous. For one of those his veterans. Yeah. yeah, one of the Nigerian. Alago Medi. Exactly. Um, he came online. I don't know who asked him, but he came and did a an Instagram video talking about he cheated on his wife and he was asking his wife's forgiveness and people should help him beg his wife and save his marriage. Blah 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 blah. Now the problem I have with this the one. Who asked you to bring it to our attention? Keep your private business private. People can argue otherwise or that maybe he had, he had exhausted all Yeah, his, maybe all you stuff. don't beg. Again, do I don't care.
1: Let me explain. Hey, boy, maybe don't beg. So is our, is last resources to come on explain. social media no. to ask when us to you, beg. Her. When
0: you offend someone and depending on the crime, right? Depending on the offense, sometimes people need time to process. And then decide if they are going to forgive you or not. It's very possible because sometimes, especially with this cheating thing, maybe this guy now has just told his wife, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." Maybe beg that for two weeks. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The next thing, comment on Instagram. That's not enough time sometimes for people to yeah, process. Yeah, kind of
1: betrayal. Needs, yes,
0: needs it's a time. betrayal. It needs times. You need. We need to learn how to give people time when we have offended them. He give time for her to you know process and decide does she want to work on this does she want to call it a day you know now my second, hey, my my second problem babe, you
1: know if you give people too much hold on, time then hold on, hold on, it, hold on.
0: my second problem i know you're playing devil's advocate now because if you see do i want am. to jump through this mic and just <laughs> reach out to you uh-huh. my second <laughs> thing <laughs> my second problem with it is coming to the public Bringing that to the public saying, hey guys, I cheated on my wife, I'm so sorry, I'm begging her, you please help me, beg her. It's almost, I think it's borderline emotional manipulation because if this is a woman that hasn't fully processed and is still trying to process things and still trying to make up her mind she doesn't need people she has never met in her life before sending her dms and uh, commenting at her like oh forgive him god bless your home oh you know it's difficult oh, for men up. to apologize
1: for which kind of difficult for men to apologize Please, let's Are you fucking serious because me?
0: yes i have seen so many comments and so, that's why i, that's I was fun. so angry that's with the this problem thing. with
1: bringing anything to the public right yes
0: like why did he not go meet his his uh, their close friends to beg on his behalf? Why the public? Who cares about your your marriage? Who why why are you bringing it to the public? That's my problem. That's because why people I feel like, will say all sorts of nonsense manipulation. Yeah. When you were cheating on your wife, you did not come to the public. You did not say, come to ask also. I'm cheating on my wife. Is it a good thing or not? No. But now, when uh, breeze don't blow, flower should don't open.
1: You are yeah, bring You know, most times. Mm-hmm. They're not sorry. They're, They're sorry not, that they got yeah. caught. That is that's the problem. Getting caught. Because I'm sure it was not a one-off thing.
0: One-off. It was one
1: one a, a I don't know uh, Becky with the good hair. It was just a consistency until they caught you. Anyway, this is the first time, second time.
0: That is the thing now of you're coming to, that to that shame. I don't shame want us to linger, public. Exactly. I don't want us to linger on this matter too much. But it
1: advise your friends said. and
0: family because <laughs> that shit is trash. <laughs> It is. Because is it really worth it? Is it, is really, worth it? Is it, it is really, really worth
1: it? Like everything he is about to lose. Was that two minutes of. Pleasure? And that's why he's coming was to, worth to say
0: to say that they should save his marriage? Why didn't you save your marriage? Your marriage is your responsibility. We were not there when you asked this woman to marry. You. We were not there when you decided to start cheating.
1: We did her. not help you and take the vow. We did not help you bring the girl you cheated that cheated on her. Man.
0: Now you're coming to meet us, help us save your marriage. Why did you cheat in the first place? apologize to your wife, make amends, maybe seek marriage counseling and give her time to process. Don't bring it to Instagram and do like a press conference. Guys, I've, I've got a press to press conference this morning because this is how I feel. And uh, <laughs>
1: Oh, but babe, you know, I think Ness was doing that thing that um, you know, all the politicians like, they're buzzing money, they yeah, nah. and start crying or they'll faint. They'll be doing Nollywood the, uh, Maybe please, they've, please, they've, please. They've, they've seen the source that Nollywood accent is the way to Honestly, win. I watched like the
0: first maybe 20 seconds of that um, his apology clip and I just closed it out. I'm like, this is so it's even, for me, oh, I don't know about his wife, but if I was his wife, I would find that extremely disrespectful not only have you taken our private matter to the public, you have invited these people into our life. you so have, have to now messaging, like they have me, been yeah. messaging me.
1: I know. We,
0: oh, You know what? Okay. It's, it's a
1: double-edged but we don't really know how, what's going through. I should have been there once.
0: Sir respect yourself.
1: Respect yourself. <laughs> yes, you yes. call my full name. Yes, Chase. your full
0: government name because Chase. I'm about to go, enter this mic <laughs> and I'll find you.
1: <laughs> like
0: that. Okay, let's
1: get into it.
0: Mm, mm. If you are listening, do some stretches. because
1: Even uh, myself, I'm stretching. If you know this, i We're about
0: to get into it. Okay. So let's start. I want us to start with discussing trauma. What is trauma? And like Aisha said in the last episode, me, I like dictionary definition. You get it? So, um trauma is a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. It is unbearable and intolerable. Trauma can cause a wide range of physical and emotional symptoms. Mm. Also,
1: that might not be obvious, though. So, yes, some at are that not time, obvious. To uh, some to show. The I saw
0: this uh, this tweet where uh, someone said, uh, "Deal with your childhood traumas, else it will show up in your adult." intimate relationship. something along those lines and it's true because if you don't deal with them when you now want to have an intimate relationship with someone whether it's, um,
1: it's you know, a boyfriend girlfriend
0: whether it's a very close friendship it manifests Those things never just say oh well you are an adult now that was mm-hmm. in your childhood those so, you know, that you I'm would.
1: just going to go
0: take a, a long nap because
1: that thing is up there it's like happiness it's always there
0: it's there <laughs> <laughs>
1: Even if he's (laughs) dumbass. It will be dumbass, but well, it's there. It will manifest one day. Aisha, well. don't sleep well for a I don't know if I've beets. told you before that you
0: know not well. You're still there, like, Asha, if you don't I sleep well, you forget you do sleep sleep to you
1: take your vitamins. It you will manifest. It will come out again. You. you have to episode, deal with it. there. When I
0: need
1: you to speak because you know, they
0: go. Yeah, so trauma can have long term effects on a person's well being. If symptoms persist and do not decrease in severity, it can indicate it can indicate that the trauma has developed into a mental health disorder called post-traumatic stress. disorder PTSD mm. as it's known. And we know that I know most times when we say PTSD, people think we'll, we only refer to like soldiers who have gone to war. Thank you, has gone who gone to war. Victims comeback, of uh, yeah. severe sexual assault. Right. Mm. In fact, most times they don't use PTSD for victims of rape and all of that. We usually just, I don't know why, we we'll almost want to keep that to soldiers that have gone to war. Um, But yeah, and there are are different types of trauma, right? There's the acute trauma, the chronic trauma, the complex trauma. And this is according to medical news. Um, Acute trauma is, it results from a single stressful or dangerous event. Say maybe like a car accident or something like that.
1: Or a rape or a bomb explosion. Chronic
0: um, trauma, this results from repeated and prolonged exposure to highly stressful events this is like cases of like child abuse, bullying, bullying, domestic violence, those kind of things. Those are th- that can cause chronic trauma because you are in that space where this trauma is happening over and over and over again. You are getting re-traumatized several times, and then complex trauma. This, really-
1: which I think is more if human beings, like you know, everybody has a mixture of one or two different traumas, right?
0: Uh, I don't know if I would say it's not just one thing. I would say maybe. Oh, oh,
1: sorry, not everybody. Most people, yeah, yeah, most people. And
0: complex trauma. This results from exposure to multiple traumatic events, like maybe within a small time frame. That just crazy things happen. That's complex. Um. Yeah. So, Aisha, how do you think, from your own experience and maybe from research you have done, how do you think that trauma shows up in our lives?
1: I think there. I first of all, I think there are def- different spectrums to this trauma, right? Like there are traumas that are you think are uh, very subtle, and then that you know it it doesn't like you know affect you. Something you just, you don't classify
0: it as trauma. you don't you
1: wouldn't classify it as trauma, and then you you grow up like for me as an example, like you grow up and then you realize that some habits you have you can actually trace it down to an event that might not have even seemed like it wasn't too much of an event for for you to even say it was traumatic, like it was huge like that. But it was something that completely rewired your brain and changed the trajectory of your habits and your behaviors.
0: I'm going to cut you there and say something. You know how you just said rewire the brain? Mm. So I read this book called The Body Keeps Call. Actually, I know you started reading the book as well. There's a part in the book where they talk about having um trauma happen to you can actually rewire basically rewire your brain right so they have this thing called the um the fire alarm of the brain uh, it has a medical term a medical name i i i don't i don't remember it um it's but it's basically it's called like the fire alarm of the brain and what that fire alarm of the brain does is it alerts you to danger or yeah, basically it alerts you to danger and then triggers your flight of or fight, um, your flight or fight response, right? But then when something traumatic has happened, it basically you can think th- almost think about it like a short circuit, right? It's, it's almost like it short circuits your brain and then that your fire alarm doesn't work as it should. Sometimes it, it keeps you in a constant state of there's danger so you're constantly alert and when that happens it means that you have now lost hold you have lost like your grip on reality and you're constantly relieving that traumatic event over and over and over again there was a case um there was an example in the book of a couple uh, i don't know whether they were driving basically and then they had an accident And they were trapped. And the car car in front of them, the lady in the car was trapped as well. And she couldn't get out. And basically, the husband and wife in this car watched her. They couldn't even get out of their doors because it was stuck. So they couldn't help her. They basically watched her born to death. Oh, shoot. And in that case, the man was um, the one that was like, you could see the man was shaking up. You know, he could see it. He was screaming. He was doing all of that, you know. And the wife took the other almost like the, the other end of the spectrum where she went completely still, almost like she this they call it disassociated with the event, right? Not like she did not feel it though, but it was almost like she was having like uh almost like an out of body experience. Yeah. Right? So those are two those people experienced the same trauma almost in two different ways. Still very traumatic for both of them. And eventually they had to go seek uh, help to kind of get over it because not only were they terrified to drive, they couldn't process the fact that they didn't die and that they watched this woman. Die, and they couldn't just process, like, after seeing that thing, how do you process it and move on with your life day-to-day going going forward? right? Uh, and so, yes, trauma actually does rewire the brain. It, it rewires. And they also said um, in that book, according to research, because that book reads more like an academic book, than a fiction a work of fiction it's because it's real anyways but it reads a little more academic because they quote like um the research that was done and all of that in it and they also mentioned in that book that children of um uh abuse children who were abused for most of their childhood that they are about 70 percent of their gene structure ends up changing so it is, their genetic also change. I
1: can't believe that genes change as a result babe, of that. Like, you need to it's almost like, book. I, I need to go, no, I need to go back and I'm starting a book from, from beginning. Like, yeah. you guys, if you don't know this, it's short. you know, what? there are two major books that are a source of all, most of the things that we'll be talking about today, apart from our own lived experiences. The first one is The Body Keeps the Score. And the second um, one is um, Adult
0: Children of Emotionally, emotionally Immature Parents.
1: Parent. They're and are both like book psychology by...
0: books written by doctors of um, psychology. So basically like therapists, psychotherapists, they're basically written by actual doctors.
1: Yeah, so like this one now for the adult children of emotionally emotional mature parents, how to heal from distant rejection or self-involved parents is written by Lindsay Gibson. And she was a, is a psychotherapist or, yeah, she was, she was actually a psychology doctor. Um and you know she, she lots of things that she shared was as a result of her, of our experience. So wait, let me go back before I digress too much. Let me go back to you know the the part that I wanted to t-
0: show up in our lives. That was the question. Yeah. Just helping you get back. Thank <laughs> you, thank you.
1: Let me, <laughs> let me let me you people. Let me share some parts of my story that you know if people really close to me probably already know this. Um, so my my parents were divorced. Or, you know, it wasn't really a divorce. I'll say more like a separation that just ended up being a forever separation. Um, When I was, like, really young. So I was probably, like, I was definitely six years old uh, when my when my parents separated. But I grew up with my dad. Um, But in that process of my dad, like, trying to raise me and my sister. Because we were three. My mom went with my brother. Then me and my sister were my dad. In that process of my... Um, my dad trying to raise us girls. it was too much for him right it was It was just him you know, imagine you know two kids you know trying to take them to school, trying to bait them, you know, and they are also girls again. He's going to work, going to pick us from school, you know, trying to give us food like it was just' well, watch our clothes, you know it was just too much, so at some point he had to get help so my so my aunt came from the village. My aunt was like my dad's stepsister um from his mom's side from my grandma's side. Um, and then she came to take care of us, right? And she was just, you know, bottom line is without going too deep, is like she was just really mean. She was was she was really imagine being emotionally, psychologically and physically abusive to children who are helpless, who are dealing with a some sort of loss. Um, and capitalizing on that and, you know, dealing with them. So, one of the things that happened was that, um, she, one of the things she used to do to us was that she would search, starve us. Like, I'm saying we could go a full day without food. And even when we saw food, it was like this conkolo, small, tiny piece of food. And so, every time, then when I was small, we would always look forward to the next meal. We don't know when the next meal, we'll, the next time we'll eat food. Um, but we would always look forward to it. But so, every time I saw food, Back then, when I was small, I was like, "Hey, finally, your food! though. I don't know when I'll eat the next one, so let me gobble this down. Like, let me eat this, let me eat this, let me eat this." And so, even when my parents, my dad found out and she got sent out, like the way she was maltreating us, and she got sent out, this is like one of many thousand and one things that she did to us. So, guys, by the way, this story is like you know, this one is one of those things you call complex trauma because it was a it's literally exposure to multiple traumatic events. Um, even when she she had left, like my relationship with food. Completely rewired, changed to the point that anytime I see food, it's almost like I have to eat, I have to eat, I have to fill my place up to the brim. And I have to eat as much as I because I don't know when the next meal, even though the problem is no longer there. Even if she was no longer living with us, even if I had access to food. And even now, up till being an adult, I'm always struggling with weight. I have an unhealthy relationship with food because, in a way, in my mind, in the back of my mind, when I see food, I don't see food that oh I have more when I'm hungry. I see that this might be my last meal for in a long time, or I will go hungry. So when I see food, I want to do two, three plates as much as possible. And obviously, you know that comes eating so much comes with its own share of issues like weight issues and, and all of that. And everything that you know weight problems have now add on top of many other things, right? That comes with it. So it's just an example of how sometimes some things happen that are like, okay, we say, oh, this person was maltreated. You might not think it's trauma, trauma, right? You know, until it starts to manifest in a way, even in adulthood. My The reason I know my love language, you know, there was a day like I sat down, I was like, why do words mean so much to me? Why do I feel like if I'm in a relationship with somebody and if they're not telling me that, you know, maybe I'm the best thing since sliced bread or they don't tell me how much I mean (laughs) to them, why do I feel like, you know i'm losing a grip or the person doesn't want me anymore or like why why is my love language words of affirmation like it's so important to me like you i could be with somebody and the other person doesn't do any of the remaining five things no gifts we don't we're having a long distance relationship you don't even do anything for me but if you are not giving me those my primary and secondary love languages is words of affirmation and i was able to trace this back to growing up eventually was that growing up like so my dad was, and again, this is again, you know, which is the next point we're trying to, to, to touch on in our parents, right? My dad was one of those people that had bad mouths, like, you know, they can yab you, stroke you, but sometimes as children, you know, our parents mean the most to us, and so we cannot tell the difference sometimes between when they don't approve of us and maybe when they're really being sarcastic or joking, right? So I remember growing up, I wasn't a bright student. Like, I used to become the last three. Like, because remember, again, this is a child. Like, when you are yabbing somebody, I'm yabbing, if I can say Adrian and idiot. Adriel knows I'm joking. But you could see a child and you might be like, this is stupid girl, idiot, olodo. You might not mean it, but that child has inculcated is that she's worthless, she's stupid, and she's dumb. Which is one of the things that happened to me. So growing up, that was my dad was was like one of those people that could stroke, and then you had bullies in school as well. Like, and so every time I kept hearing Olodo, oh, Olodo, oh, you don't know anything, it's and really I wasn't a even a bright. I wasn't even a bright student. It's a trigger for me. Anybody now that I'm with calls me Olodo, like I flare up. I'm like, don't you dare, Aisha, don't you dare call I me Olodo, even though they're joking.
0: An epiphany. Oh, uh, you know, I always wondered why when someone when I say something or when I try to make a point or when i or when I don't understand something and someone laughs like maybe almost in a mocking way i never under i always wondered or, or I' have wondered more recently why I get triggered when I tell you I get triggered, I mean I go from zero to hundred real quick, right like instant instant anger, and until you said it now i i I have never really been able to to connect the dots. Because so why? Huh. But when you said it now that Ododo oh, immediately said Ododo oh, like I could really feel feel it in my head, like down from my head into like my chest. Like I could feel I could feel it like and it just suddenly clicked like that's why. I hate to sound stupid. I don't want any I don't want to ever say something or that someone and someone looks at me as stupid. It's oof, okay. You know what? Just continue. Because
1: Girl, well, I, I it's it's literally it can be triggering because, um, you know I remember growing up and feeling like you know again this is adding on top of oh maybe mommy left because of me I did not do things right or I was the problem. Um, and then adding on top of the fact that I wasn't really doing well at school, I was always like last three positions and then, you know, parents now, they always compare you to the other cousin that is doing better and getting first position, you know, which, you know, in, in their way, it's a way to encourage you, but it does, but, but that's the thing. They don't realize it, but again, be, even now I'm an adult, I know those things, but it doesn't mean the damage hasn't been done, right? And it doesn't even mean that I, you know, hold anybody responsible. It just means that the damage, so sometimes these words leave our parents or our love from our loved ones and maybe they don't have any evil intent but this child that i cannot differentiate reality from you know something that's supposed to be a joke internalizes this thing and then so because of that so for me because of that you know growing up constantly hearing those words you know on top of the maltreated up, on top of you know not feeling mommy's warmth and love and just always daddy's hardcore hardcore hard love because i knew my dad like my dad would give an arm and a leg and catch a grenade but he he just was, you know, that's why there always is a balance in homes. There's usually a balance. There is the soft one and there's the hard one and there's supposed to be, you know, both daddy and mommy are supposed to create a balance. So So imagine you as a child growing up like this, with, wearing all this world. First of all, your lo- self-confidence tankers, like you don't even feel that you're good enough. You don't even think you're worth shit. You don't even think you're worth love and attention and affection. And even when you don't get it, you think that that's just normal because you don't even deserve it anyway. And now, growing up, I realized the reason my why my first primary secondary tertiary love language is words of affirmation is because I'm literally trying to make up for all the times where I was told that I wasn't enough, where I was told I was told I was olodo and I wasn't dumb. And this is, you know me excelling or passing exams like, even in spite of that I still, in a way, feel like "Mm, still an olodo, still, you know I mean, obviously, these are things that eventually you know, I've had to deal with in therapy but these are ways that I, again, remember trauma. Sometimes you it's like ah, uh-uh, no be joke, no be this ah, uh-uh, where you not eating, where you not okay, um, where your parents not providing for you. So because they just said you were stupid one time, all of it. Like these are things that you don't understand. That children and it's it's like body shaving children and calling them horrible. You know, look at you, this like they can't. Their other their brain hasn't developed to that point where so they can really differentiate these realities. Even as adults, from,
0: sometimes those things hurt.
1: <sighs> Girl, not to talk of kids. Not talk of kids. Which which brings me to my next point, right? So, again, guys, trauma, sometimes you will recognize this. Other times it will be like, oh, this is a way of life. Oh, this is normal, right? You know, remember in the last episode we talked about that, your teacher that was beating students, right? You don't know those children he hit. You don't know like how you know how they've been rewired from that physical trauma on their body from so-called flogging and that's why sometimes even 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 the way for example we say you know we believe in don't don't spoil the rod and spare the child there's a way you will beat a child you literally that has gone from trying to discipline that child to you really inflicting tr- physical trauma on that child like there's a there's a very thin, line, a thin from
0: line between discipline thin and thin abuse.
1: Line. Yeah. And that's why schools here, yeah, like schools yeah, when they're like parents can't hit their parents children can't and hit you should police up will up come pick child services will come and pick you up. Like all those things that we say in Africa. Like sometimes I understand I know sometimes it might be sometimes you need to find other ways. That's the thing. We need to find other ways to discipline children without resorting yes. to you know physical I violence. I
0: think that hitting tr- I I think that the physical act of it is a it's almost like a shortcut not necessarily a shortcut it's the yeah it's kind of like a shortcut because sometimes parents either don't have the time or they're not willing to put in the effort to do the work where you actually have to explain because you know the way we grew up Uh, like there's no such thing as explanation as to why you shouldn't do why did you do this why Why is this wrong to get this or why you should do this a certain way it's more like do it because i said so right and so when you physically hitting those children or beating children, it's almost like a shortcut to get them to do what you need them to do. But the harder way is you actually sitting them down and explaining and making them understand understand. why Mm. exactly they need to do those things.
1: Which is harder emotional work that I don't think most parents, especially where we're coming from, are emotionally mature for. This is how, like... And I also just wanted
0: to add one thing Mm -hmm. on trauma just before we move on. Like, you know how you just said, like, sometimes you might not think it's trauma and it will show up later. I just wanted to give a little story from one of um, these books, the research they did. There was a lady who um, was seeking therapy because um, in her intimate relationships, um the relationships always fail because the guys would always say oh you're very nice you're very all of this but when we take it to the next level when we become intimate you almost become a different person it's scary it's almost like you're two different people like we don't get it and it freaks them out to the point where they end up um ending the relationship right and so she started going to therapy because she couldn't figure out what exactly was wrong and it was one day they were having a group therapy section, and one of the other patients in there was talking about how, when she was a child, uh her father used to basically used to rape her right and it was while she was saying that that this other lady started having like flashbacks and she started like remembering like almost having like memory flashes of things that happened to her when she was younger, and that is a way the body protects itself so the reason. say so like the book is titled the body keeps score right the reason the body keeps score is the body remembers but sometimes our minds we don't remember like in our heads like in our minds because the the body basically works to protect us so when they know that oh this thing if you remember this thing is going to be triggering for you your body will protect you to shield you from it right and to suppress it so you don't remember. But then something happens, maybe years later, maybe a few months later, a few days later, something happens, like a trigger would happen. And it might not even be a traumatic event that would trigger you remembering. It could be something else. It could be um your partner wanting to uh, be intimate with you, wanting to, you know, True. and then it would trigger that memory. And you might not even really remember, but your body remembers. So your body, your body, immediately, go into, yes, your body immediately goes into um flight or fright mode. Because your body has detected that as danger. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. your mind has not basically, uh, your Process. memory has not triggered yet. Your mind hasn't pr- processed that. Oh,
1: this it has is has probably why. even buried itself inside yes. like a deep dark, like exactly. never to be open. But your body yeah.
0: remembers. So your, your body, body knows. Emitted, immediately go into like defense.
1: Do you guys know that? Do you know guys know? Do you guys know? The one I even bought my brain, the part I read in that book, that every ailment that we have, especially as black people, you know, we know how they say high blood pressure is something that is very common. Fibroids, um, ovarians, Iridectomy, and it's just something that is always there. Be. People, people, these things are trauma. These things, these illnesses do not just come up. These are traumas that have been passed on since our ancestors, maybe during the time of slavery, and that have been passed on from generations that we don't even know. We don't know the stories. But our, the bodies, the genes have reconstructed. And with, with those genes that have been passed down genetically.
0: Yes, that's why in the definition I gave earlier, I also said trauma can cause a wide range of physical and emotional symptoms.
1: True, true, true. Because you might be like, Oh, ah, something is wrong with me. I don't know, or maybe I'm not feeling fine, or you know, they discovered something. But you realise that it's probably some trauma there that has piled up on top of another trauma, on top of pa 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 low, then you are now stressed that your but then your hormones, especially with women, our hormones will not be all over the place. Before you know it, you have fibroid. Before you know it, hormonal imbalance. Before you know it, PCOS. Before you know it, something, something has happened. Before you know it, infertility. No cure for. No cure. All of these things, they are things that we are carrying. We are all carrying so much. We are carrying so much.
0: I think, I'm trying to remember where I learned this. Was it during yoga or something where they say you have to notice where in your body you keep, where where you kind of like gather your emotions. Like for example, if I'm nervous or if I'm if I'm angry, if I'm hurt, I carry it in my gut. I feel it in like my lower abdomen. That's where that's where I feel it, right? So I know that that's where I store my, like almost like, for lack of a better word, almost like negative energy. That's where I store it in my body because I can feel it there, right? But anyways, that's a different topic. Let me let you continue.
1: So guys, um so there so because we're talking about trauma and because a lot of tra- of a lot of the trauma that most people go through in adulthood is not even start with the trauma in adulthood but a trauma in childhood, right? At least for the majority. So there is So there's this so this book we mentioned about you know emotionally mature parents um that she had a list of questions that so be honest if we if you really want to look inwardly and and do the work you know whether you decide to go for therapy or just do the inner work of looking inwardly there are ways to know if maybe one or any of your parents or both your parents are emotionally mature so she had this list right and babe when i was reading this list which i'm going to read Mm -hmm. when i was reading this list I was, and, and the list is long, like people, it's like, I don't know, some 20 questions that you should ask yourself. And if, if your parents answer any one, like any two, two or more, then there's a level of emotional immaturity. And bear in mind that emotionally mature, immature, just the way we have trauma, we say trauma has different spectrums. Emotional immaturity has different spectrums as well. You, you There's a balance, there's like a one, five, and there's a 10, or there's even a 20 over 10, right? And so, like we have, like you guys, seriously. Every we are, and we've been saying this that as long as you're in Nigeria, you need ter- you're a Nigerian that grew up in Nigeria and your parents, you need therapy. We need. I need therapy. You is needing therapy. We all is needing the therapy. Like we all are broken in one way shape or form. I mean, it doesn't have to be excessive. Again, this is a spectrum. But if any of your parents answer these questions, I'm going to say to you, like, if any of it rings a bell, then people, you need to. Go and do something. because there's chances are you are carrying some. If you've not already discovered it, you are carrying one or two things that you need to check. You need to be mindful of. You need to share so that again, this is not to cast a bad light on our parents. Like I said, I, I will give an arm and a leg for my own parents. Like yeah, I love my dad.
0: They did the best they could do, and they are products, their own
1: parents, their own exactly so there are
0: things that are sure to pass down. Um, with no kind of like with no fault of theirs. Because they didn't know you can't give, and they didn't process, and their parents probably didn't process,
1: and it gets passed on from generation to generation. And but we are saying it should stop with us. We need to be aware of these things so that the box stops at our table, so that we don't pass this on to our children or the next generation, so that we do better than they did. And Mm -hmm. doing better than our parents doesn't just doesn't mean having more money than them or affording your kids more opportunities that you ever afforded. But it also means doing more emotionally and psychologically for the next generation of of leaders or the next generation.
0: You're doing it for yourself. And when you do it for yourself, eventually that trickles you. True.
1: Preach, pastor. You can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. You You have to be full to give of yourself.
0: We should extend the grace to our parents because they couldn't give what they did not have. But now we have these resources. We have this um, yeah, we have we basically have these resources. So we have to fix ourselves so that we do not transfer some of these traumas
1: to our kids. Yeah. yeah. so, all right, so I'm going to start. Asia? Yes. So you guys listen, we'll probably be making side comments as we're going through them. So the first one is my parent which I think sometimes some of this is all African okay. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of African parents. <laughs> They're going through this. They said my parents often overreacted to relatively minor <clears> things. <throat> Who remember breaking place? Just you break place that one time while you were washing. Next thing, your yeah, water face. How the place it has. Bath, bothy, bath, bothy,
0: Next question.
1: Who? Re- <laughs> okay, let me know yeah. this. Okay. Next question. My parents didn't express much empathy or emotional awareness when it came to emotional closeness and feelings. My parents seemed uncomfortable and didn't go there. Have you ever tried to talk about anything emotional with your parents? Maybe even just saying, "Ah, oh, there's this girl or guy I like in school." I <laughs> mean, do you want to die? Go be a Are you mad?
0: See, so that, you that can't... is even far. What about you tell your parents? And this doesn't apply to me, but you tell your parents like, "I love you," and your parents is like, hmm. hey! "Okay." No, or they just say okay, or they say okay. okay. okay have you eaten?
1: Thank you. you. Know. No, the one that busts me, my babe, is the one that said thank you. Yeah, thank you. See, let me tell you. Like it took me a while to get, and I like, lo- I love you too. From my parents, like it's almost like I love. At first, it was strange. It's like you, lo- I love. I think
0: like my it's-
1: dad might have been the one that said it first to me. And ah it no, first it was it me that strange, said. It was now, shock. Like okay. I know. Ah, it took me a while of saying it consistently before my father finally said, I love you too. <laughs> my mom would still try, maybe like once or twice. And I said, Oh, I love you. And then it took, I told my husband, like, I do love you. He was like, Oh, I love you too, baby girl. I'm like, Hey, I don't mean Jack. <laughs> <Same. laughs> They're trying. <laughs> that's all and, but thing. that's the thing. Is That's the thing. It's like society, especially our fathers, society brings them up to be strong and to not show any emotional feelings and and it's almost like even when like i know my dad is a very emotional very is a very emotional person like i've seen him cry twice like i've seen when things really hurt him and he breaks down like but still there's just that it's very hard for them to be emotionally vulnerable and it's almost like i can't see my baby girl see me this way like i have to be strong for everybody forgetting that we do
0: need to see you that way so that we understand that it's okay for us to express our emotions thank you Thank That's you. the key there. So next question is... Next
1: question. My parents was often irritated by individual differences or different points of view. How I does guess that there are easier? some
0: parents like that, like, say, especially when...
1: <laughs> when it comes um, to feminism, what all should no, watch, please. well,
0: not even that. Like, feminism, it could be religion, it could be anything. Like, there are just some parents that when they say certain things, they want that to be law. And if you have a different opinion... It's almost like
1: you're trying to undermine their authority. So this one was the one that even you know got me, a little bit. It Was like when I was growing up, my parents used me as a confidant, but wasn't a confidant for me. So who, who? I didn't mean, I know some people so who have the experience of dumpster
0: and then
1: yeah. So their mom, mommy and daddy fights. Mommy comes and pours out her frustrations to 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 the daughter or or, or, or son. But daughter or son cannot go back to mommy to talk to mommy about their own problem because mommy will easily flare Not even
0: that? Parents especially when it comes to your um, so I'm saying this to any parent, if by any chance any parent is listening. Husband, wife, you guys have issues. Don't,
1: don't take those children. issues.
0: Don't bring your children into the middle of those issues. Are you don't don't And maybe do that. try to
1: use them against the other person. It's very selfish. It's It's a very very wicked thing to do. Don't do
0: that. Don't try to get your children to choose between mother and father. Let your marital problems be your marital problems. Don't bring your children into that.
1: No matter how bad it is, like, the person can be a horrible spouse. doesn't mean that they're terrible parents. Those are usually... Because every time you go to your child
0: and you say, oh, your father did this, your father did this, your father did this, then tomorrow you still expect the child, oh, have you gone to greet your father? Your father came back from work. No,
1: they're going to I hate that Just her because parents. you guys yeah. made up doesn't
0: mean I've forgotten all the evil things you said.
1: Exactly. Even, even if you know not have your children, bring your family members. you and your husband You bring your family member. Then you people will Bring your, your family member. You people will kiss and make up. Your family, member. will be, be, your family jolly, members jolly. will still be harboring that yes. resentment. Because when people kiss and make up, you will not come and tell them. When there's problem, you remember to tell them. So this one is very... You see, everybody like eighty nine point nine 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 percent of people should know this one. I didn't um uh, get much attention or sympathy from my parents except maybe when I was really sick.
0: And that's today stops.
1: Tops, so if you don't even day, get well. now nah, slap they slap slap you may you, you <laughs> may, may you, you wear. Are you <laughs> you the must speech. be a news and everything I see. <laughs> yeah. Um
0: the other one said uh I think you missed one. My parents often said and did things without thinking about people's feelings. <clears throat>
1: African parents have left <laughs> the group chats. They've left the group chats. Because your feelings don't matter. It's what they feel that matters. Right? Are you
0: are you paying bills?
1: Are you, are you the one paying rent? Are you paying your school fees? What are your feelings? <laughs> I'm looking at. My parents was inconsistent. Sometimes wise. Sometimes unreasonable. <clears throat>
0: Again, I'm not even going to dwell on that. You know African parents left the
1: group, left the group chat. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> even polite disagreements would make my parents very defensive.
1: Facts and logic were no match for my parents' opinion. What skinny facts, skinny logic? What are you saying? You're speaking. You think i let you go to school? I beg you. See, what a, what a, what an, an elder adult. sitting down? See, sit down, down.
0: your person see. cannot
1: see Young person can climb the to the top in tree they cannot, they see. cannot so see so what are you telling me that's which reasoning is. are facts and how many leave this book that read in
0: my parent wasn't self-reflective and really looked at his or her role in the problem well, in this case, Sha, some Nigerian parents, is, you know, the thing is that when they now realize that they are bad, don't like have been bad, they'll ask, have you eaten?
1: They don't, don't, don't know to, to apologize.
0: It's our
1: love language. Have <laughs> you eaten? You did something. Have you
0: eaten? Imagine somebody accused sorry. you. It is, I would, I would be better. Is have you eaten? Is the, I will make sure it's you
1: don't starve for the rest of your life. Is have you eaten? How many times did you get wrongly accused that you received koboko for the, Wrong accusation. Then in that well, referral, I realized that it was not you. There's one the time I remember studies, like, Why are you still in- crying? Come and eat. Come and eat. Funny enough,
0: and this is one of the memories, the fond fun memories I have of my mom. There was a time uh, she did something. She, she was upset with me because I didn't do something, but it wasn't me that did it. It was my sister. And I remember I was so angry and I was crying and I was like, you did not ask me if I was the one that did it. You did not ask me you just assume it was me. I was so upset. And I remember, I think that was the first time my mother ever apologized to me. And she looked at me and she's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Huh? she wouldn't give me wine to drink that day. Aww. Ah, my soul was happy.
1: It's true. Sometimes it's Every like, okay, I come I on, take back, Santa. I remember
0: that. And I'm like, oh, 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 oh. I remember that. That was, that was, that was a good thing. Um, and the last question on our list is, my parents tended to be a black and white thinker and unreceptive to new ideas some people are setting their ways and this true, is true
1: especially as grown-ups
0: it, it, Yeah, especially as grown-ups and it's very difficult for some of them to uh change or have like a proper mind to certain things and this is why i think a lot of people need have people minds because the world is constantly changing i think are constantly changing um so on that note guys we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back we're back Uh, welcome back welcome back so now we're going to talk about how to deal with emotionally immature parents so there are three ways to deal with emotionally immature parents one is managing not engaging you have to learn to manage them and not engage when they want to work whatever um whatever tactics they have if it's the the guilt, where the guilt trip you into, oh, you don't care about me after everything I've done for you, or if it's the anger when they come at you angry, how could you define me? How can you say these kind of things to me? You have to learn how to manage them, manage their ego, and not engage with them while also preserving your peace. The next, um, the next option is, well, I said there are three ways. So the second way is focusing on the outcome, not the relationship. So ask yourself, why Ah, are you remember reading? you wanted
1: to share that girl's story at the under-managing at um, Ro- Rochelle's? Oh, okay. So,
0: under-managing... Uh, under... Is that under-managing? No, it's focusing on, on the outcome of the relationship. So, um, there's a story from this book. <laughs> you know this book? What? The we're hyping this book, we should be sponsors. Uh, so, there was a story that was shared. Rachel, her mother was a very demanding woman who expected her to be at her beck and call. And as she put it, she said she used to feel like she couldn't be okay unless her mother changed and acknowledged her. But when she decided to observe her mother's emotional immaturity, instead of being automatically hurt by it, she felt a profound change. And she said, for the first time, I saw her behavior for what it was. I didn't get angry or disappointed like before when I felt like I had to get her to acknowledge me. Now because Rachel, Rachel had worked on acknowledging herself and her genuine feelings towards her mother, she no longer felt like she had to play a certain role or fulfill her mother's healing fantasy. Which is basically when a healing a fantasy or a healing fantasy is when a person who has gone through something um traumatic they created this idea in their head that if, for example, Let's say um someone grew up with a very emotionally detached parent. And the person is like, well, if my children, when I have my children, my children will need me for everything. And whenever they need my help for something, I would always feel wanted. I would, you know, someone will constantly want me because they're my children. And then these children grew up to be adults. And they're like, well, I can do this for myself now. And then someone who has that healing fantasy becomes upsets becomes triggered like so now you don't want me why would you i base my entire existence so then that's when the guilt trip starts after i did this for you i i I worked two jobs to pay your your school fees i did this all because the person said oh i can take care of this myself right Mm -hmm. so that is why you have to learn how to in those cases you learn how to manage and not engage you don't engage them in that how can you say that you are my mother you're supposed to you don't do that you just go like "Mm -hmm. okay okay i understand what you're saying but all I'm saying is, with this particular thing, I can take care of it myself. So you don't you don't engage in that fantasy with it.
1: Do you know what I wanted to say? Uh, I don't even know if we're going to if that is something that we're going to talk about. But I think people, there's I feel like one of the worst lies that we've been told is that we think that our parents are always right. They always know what's best for us. And they, like, you know, they love us so much that they would never, you know, want to do anything that would hurt us. Bear in mind that our parents are human beings who have selfish needs, who wants things most times to be done their way. And they don't always know what is best for you. Because what is best for you might not be best for them. And guess what? Who's going to confess it? That's to make decisions between you and them. Because what you're about to do will not make them look good in front of their peers. How can you study music when in front of their peers? If I say my daughter is a doctor, it makes them look good.
0: It <laughs> ain't really about you, nigga. It's not always about
1: you. It's not the, about you. It's not about you. you, and you and the about child. This is not about all parents. Not
0: all parents. Not all, uh, yeah, of do course. That's right. But there, we know, we know, we know some. Okay. Now the next uh, the next way of dealing with emotionally immature parents is focusing on the outcome, not the relationship. So in this situation, ask yourself what are you really trying to get from the other person in this interaction? Be honest. If it's your parents, do you want your parents to listen to you, understand you, regret his or her behavior, apologize to you, make amends? If your goal involves empathy or, or change of heart on your parents' part, stop. Come up with a different goal.
1: Come you cannot change people you cannot change a human being your you spouse can. your parents you cannot, if they don't want to change
0: you cannot an immature emotionally immature person to act differently they have acted that way all their life they're not just going to yeah, wake up one day because you said because he said oh you know i really want this close relationship with you and then the person wake up whether your mother your father will wake up and be like yes me too it doesn't work that way so be focused on the outcome what do you want do you do, would you rather would you prefer to have at least some some emblems of um, a relationship so you want to be able to communicate with this person and say hey how are you doing today okay that's good so instead of you focusing on I want us to be really close I want us to be chummy chummy I want us to be paddy paddy just focus on okay so how are you doing today or you call and say hey happy birthday how are you do you need anything once they want to go into any of those guilt trip or whatever situation the parent usually takes, just you know, again, go back to manage, but not engage. So you manage them, um, have a realistic expectation of what you want from that.
1: Just accept, I feel like you have to accept them for who they, they, they are, like who they portray. Like just, you don't stop trying to hope or pray or do things that you think would change them. Just accept them You know, when someone shows you, you know, who who they really are, are, you know, we always say that, believe them, it's okay.
0: And then the third one, the third way of dealing with emotionally immature parents is expressing and then letting go. So in this case, you are expressing, if you feel the need to express that they have hurt you in any way, don't, so don't expect them to change, like I said before. In this case, just express, um... Express your grievances so that you can let it go. So express it and then let it go. Express it. I don't expect so that them to take
1: responsibility. No, as well. No, don't expect that. Just, right, that, that they'll be like, oh, okay, understand. Don't you know, have it's those more expectations. For
0: peace of mind, so that you know that, okay, you know what, I can move on from this. I can close this chapter and, and move on. I have expressed it and I'm letting it go.
1: And you don't have to express it to them all the time. Sometimes you might need to write it down. Yeah, you, if know, you can't but, say it very well, loudly, you have to tell yourself down, the truth. Right. So you can't, you can't dumb it down. Like, so you think out the, the key about expressing is like you're not taking into account any other person's feeling. You're at that point in time, it's all about you and how you really feel. So you can't dumb, if you feel like expressing to another person will make you dumb it down or you will not reach into the deepest parts of where it affects you to reach write out. Write it down. No, you sometimes you need to write that, but you have to be true to yourself. You have to be true to your emotions. You have to come out of that feeling like you've unburdened, you've you've poured everything out, like you've said everything and there's nothing left to say. And sometimes it might not be to the person. Sometimes you might write it down. Sometimes it might be your therapist yeah. or it might be your And I this don't know. is
0: also why therapists um advise journaling. So you get a journal, write down your thoughts. Don't try to Man, put babe, out your I try that your thoughts by writing you know, it down. Just I
1: have and
0: not again. I've had, <I'm> not consistent. <laughs> um, yeah, I've I've had problems as well being very consistent with journaling. Um because it's because I find myself and I think this is the reason um uh, I've been inconsistent because I find myself constantly filtering my thoughts when I'm writing them down. And you're not supposed to do that. One of the best ways for me is to sit down and have the conversation in my head. I can have the honest conversation in my head. But when it comes to writing it down, sometimes I find myself trying to filter my thoughts or filter the way I write it down. And you shouldn't, like I said, you shouldn't do that. But um, journaling, uh, it helps. You can write it down You you write everything you want to write. Is that also, It's also that situation where they say, if you're angry and you want to send someone a text, maybe write it down, but don't send sometimes.
1: Idril, mm, I'm leaving you side-eyed now. Like, I'm looking at you. (laughs) My eyeball is upping and popping.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was just one time. (laughs) Aisha Bale. Hey! hey, hey, do say don't touch it. Friends like
1: this, like, I shall just be casting you in the public. Like, just you know, sometimes it's good. To, is even for you, <laughs> people, let me I, I don't want anybody to think of perfect. Because sometimes it's easier to dish out advice than to take it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we are that not perfect. True. Sometimes we don't even take our advice. Sometimes, you know, we go back and listen to something we had said before. and I'd be like, huh, I really said that. <laughs> that
0: was really sensible of <laughs>
1: That was sensible
0: because I'm not even doing half of it. So, because you want to make that point, I to open my national post.
1: No, I just said she she's just said. She's, she's right.
0: I you see that thing I just said about write the text, down but don't send it. Mm-hmm. I I send it. Um,
1: and she said even me on receiving end.
0: Which receiving end? I the one I sent you. I I I've actually thought about it, and I I was taking the right approach. Respect, respect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she blasted me for her. I have to ask myself my name is Aisha <laughs> <That's> not <true. laughs> you Why are you you like looking this? at this girl you think you her, she's innocent <laughs> she's calm she's the one that has the soft voice is this Aisha that we problem as people don't even know we don't know it. <laughs> Because I'm just shining my diamond now. I us show you. Okay. Back to serious. Okay,
0: back okay back that's sure. serious. No serious
1: you yeah. see, the topic is heavy, so sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes we laugh. Sometimes the
0: laugh is. Um, there's also something I want. Uh, I want us to talk about that. There's a difference. Because you know how sometimes when we want to have these challenging conversations, especially when it concerns our parents, we're always like, but you know, they have sacrificed so much for me. How can I say this? How can I do that? All these things we're saying you should say doesn't mean you should say it in a disrespectful way. But that does not negate the fact that some parents will interpret this as being disrespectful. Right? So we need to know that there is a difference between relatedness and relationship. Mm. in relatedness there's a communication there's communication but no goal of having a satisfying emotional exchange right so we are not committing to each other emotionally we just know like oh this we are related you're my mother you're my father and uh we're going to be as civil as possible towards each other but there's no real emotions like you know we don't talk about feelings we don't acknowledge things that have happened those kind of things we it's like almost like when you you try and manage it, the relationship as best as you can, right? So that's that's that. Um, you can stay in contact. When, when you want to use the relatedness approach, you can stay in contact. You can handle others as you need to and have whatever interactions are tor- that, are tol- uh, that are tolerable without exceeding the limits that work from you. So without exceeding your boundaries you can put up boundaries because sometimes even with families we have to love them from afar right we can put the boundaries we need to put in we can uh stay in contact with them communicate with them but make sure that we are not passing that boundary so we have to know the difference between this relatedness and relationship because while we've talked about relatedness now when you're talking about like relationships the difference between relatedness and relationship is that in relationship You are engaging with each other. You are open and you are establishing emotional, um, exchange and connection with each other. You guys talk about things. It's reciprocal. Yeah, it's reciprocal. It's an exchange. There's a, there's a give and take there where in relatedness. And sometimes we do have to establish a relatedness kind of relationship as it gives like an emotional relationship right so just mm. keep that in mind so that when you're feeling guilt guilty about this kind of things which you know guilt is an emotion you can take a step back from that guilt and try and be logical take a deeper breath do some meditation do some yoga calm yourself down and say okay I'm being logical. I know this person is very. It's not helping me move where I want to be in my life. I'm constantly stressed when I'm around this person. There's so much, you know, so much tension, so much negative energy around this person. So I'm talks about to,
1: to us saying we need to protect your mental space. Remember, yes. guys, in the other episode, in we said you episode, need to protect, yes. protect your your mental space as much as you protect yep. and take care of your physical space. Right? The fact that you are related to someone doesn't mean you need to be or have a relationship with that person. Sometimes you just have love to, from afar. you know, love from afar. Put that doesn't mean you love them less. Doesn't mean no. you don't care about them. But you need to protect your own emotional and mental space as well. We all have some distant relatives or causes that you're just like, mm, hell, no,
0: mm. thank
1: you very much. To kind of
0: end on a positive note because this has been kind of hard. Um, I'm going to have Aisha talk about what a what an emotionally Having a relationship with an emotionally mature person, what it feels like, what it contains, what it entails, you know?
1: Guys, do you know how you've been, maybe most of your, you know, you know, there's that age, you know, when late teens to twenties, you're doing try and error, mixing with the wrong crowd, you know, you get into some really bad relationships. But because you've been in so many bad relationships, when you see the one that is good, it should be like, boom, you recognize it because You know what bad is. And that's why, you know, good and bad again all creates a balance, right? Let's
0: also talk about how you almost want to sabotage it because... You don't. You don't.
1: Know of course. Oh, baby girl. Like you might be self-sabotage because you can't even fathom can that something it. this good is possible. So you sabotage it, right? You self-sabotage. Um, you know, and that that babe, that one's been another. Talk. Maybe so last, okay. last, we'll have part three of this mental because really, all the we've not really, lots. we've not really talked about something. There are some things we've
0: not. We've not some
1: things, you know, maybe one day, one day we should revisit it. So,
0: what are the qualities of an emotionally mature person?
1: Guys, yeah. So the reason why I'm going to tell you this is so that you can not just recognize, but appreciate, encourage, and, you know, continue to strive for these kinds of healthy relationship with people who are emotionally mature. And again, also not just assess other people, but also assess yourself. If there are some things that I'm going to say now that you feel like, huh, I'm actually, I actually do this. Like in, in some way, I am emotionally immature. Then that's okay. Like, we're not perfect. And that's the point of this podcast. The point of this episode is not just to look at, look at the outside, but also look inward. So also look at ourselves. Like, please, we can deceive everybody else, but the worst thing you could ever do is try to lie and deceive your own self. Let's start. So, emotionally mature people are realistic and reliable. Um, so the first one is like, so for example, they work with reality rather than fighting it. Like, you know, some people just have things in their head, right? And it's completely opposite of what's, you know, what is at the actual reality. Like, I know for one, for example, I'm an overthinker. So sometimes I go to overthink one small pebble to Mount Everest. I'll go overthink. Meanwhile, the actual reality of what is happening, you know, even correlate or correspond, you know? So sometimes. As in the worst test of the worst things you thought that would happen to you by fire, by thunder. Koleto, you're not even rich. So sometimes we need to become... And again, this is again, like I said, I've also looked inwardly at uh, some things I've known that like, okay, there are actually things that I do as well that I in some way I am emotionally immature as well. So the next thing is they can feel and think at the same time. But the one that busts my brain eh, is their consistency. Okay, their consistency... Say it one more time Consistent. for the culture. Their consistency makes word. them Consistent. reliable. Makes them re- reliable. Like, you don't ever want to be or in a situation where... With somebody's, they're not consistent with, you know, what they say sometimes doesn't match what they do. What they say they will do doesn't match what they have said. Like, they're not consistent in, you know, it's, for example, like people who are narcissistic, like they, 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 all of a sudden they're like, they really want to, they want to be with you. All of a sudden they don't want to have anything to do with you. So that puts you in a state of confusion. Like, you need consistency. If somebody, you know, they say, someone somebody shows you who they are, believe them, you need to watch out for that consistency because if they're not consistent, there's no way they'll be reliable.
0: Wow. Okay. Second
1: characteristic. Emotionally mature people don't take everything personally. Me, I know I used to fumble in this. So
0: everything is personal.
1: Sometimes topics you do, you're, up, it, you're you taking it personally. I'm taking it to my chest. You're bringing yourself to the light. <laughs> I know, I, know you I, you know, I wasn't I going to do
0: personal. it. Uh, I was
1: just eh, going to have eh, eh, Look at this. If I give you blow. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to have mess. So the second major point is uh, emotionally mature people are respectful and reciprocal. Baby, baby. Re- mm-hmm. respects are reciprocal. Yes,
0: respect they
1: respect your boundaries like do you guys know what it means first of all like if i, I sometimes i tell people like sometimes you're not in a relationship a situation let me tell you why because you are giving all the love but not none of this is being no, reciprocated do if you babe like i know what it feels
0: like it's because it was
1: you are in a situationship if your love is not being reciprocated. Mm. You'll
0: be doing all the work. You carry everything. You know how you. Mm.
1: Yeah, in a relationship by this, yourself. With this nice situation
0: now they say, women are the backbone. So you yeah, yeah, only, I'm not backbone. I'm not strong. Made, I don't have bone in my men body. I've made us neck,
1: rib, and backbone. <laughs> everything. Except they just the need head. to be everything the head. Everything except the head. Everything. They will make us the lego, <laughs> <head>. the lego, <laughs> the neck, But they will be the, the leg, head. But they will not make us the,
0: the, the leg, head. 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 Okay, so if you are carrying everything on your back because you are the backbone, because you are the, the one,
1: is, is everything is your fault. A, Auntie, if it works, okay. it's your responsibility. If it does not you work, not it's your responsibility. Yeah, in, yeah, the relationship in a, with a relationship,
0: he matches.
1: Hmm. He needs to then be respected.
0: If the respect is not mutual, it's not back and forth. If the person will go outside and go and embarrassed, like how can you see the, the love most?
1: of your life that you claim to love and then insult or abuse her, like or insult or abuse him? like in public that's not respect that's not love that you don't treat people this, um,
0: i think i saw it on twitter where uh the girl she she went to she went to meet up with her boyfriend i think and he was with his friends and he either he beat him yeah he beat her in the house when they got back because he said she came how can she see him and his friends and she did not kneel down to greet his friends oh please
1: the disrespect when you see
0: somebody like that
1: that talks to you like that. When you see the first sign of that disrespect, dust the steps and move. On. Pick your bags and round. Don't say you change will them. change. You will not change anybody. You're you you a, 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 a of personal change. You're not you a changes. litmus paper that is changing in acid and alkalinity. You cannot from change pink to somebody. Blue. Blue. And be sitting down, becoming down. Can
0: only change yourself.
1: If you okay. see the one, you cannot do. Before Powerful. it goes too far, too deep. Outside, side. move. Hmm so they also give back like you know again this is back to reciprocity right they, they're not just taking 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 they're actually giving as well and so if both people are trying to give it's the, it's the most blissful beautiful <sighs> thing that you could imagine so when beautiful. both people are trying to <laughs> give to each other rather than taking 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 right huh <sighs> emotionally I think are taking also emotionally mature you, people you play this thing back <laughs> Emotionally mature people are actually flexible and compromised. Well, they're even tempered, right? Hmm. That was everything. Yeah, I know that me, I sometimes I used to be vexing. They I even te- me, I know I used tempered. to be vexing up and down before. I've tried to improve real quick. I know, I'm but you're a yeah, work in progress, like you too
0: like I'm a well, work in progress. At least we can admit <laughs> our
1: faults. True. That's something. You guys, like I said, we're not perfect in any way, shape, or form. Like, we're not. um, They're also truthful. They apologize and make (coughs) amends. Apologize and make amends.
0: Let's just leave it at that.
1: And the truth shall set you free. free. Mm, And then the the third major one is that they're responsible. Sorry, responsive. So emotionally mature people, right? Their empathy makes you feel safe. Like, have you ever been with somebody where it it feels so safe? Like, you don't have to worry. You don't have to think about putting up walls. You feel safe. And not that they're judging you or that they'll use anything you've said or be vulnerable with against you. But there's there's a certain peace, babe. You know that in the Bible, there's something about the peace that surpasses all understanding that the Holy Spirit can give you. There's some people you will give that I feel like God has also given us that gift. That in some situations, you will feel that peace. Like people, don't you ever settle for less. Wait, don't wait, do it. Wait.
0: Let me ask you. Have you ever felt that peace of God? This is a side note, that peace of God. That ah. peace that supports all understanding. All understanding Aisha. One of my recent experiences, it's not even so recent anymore. But one of the ones that comes to mind when I think about this, the first thing that comes to mind. Remember last year when I had my surgery? The peace that I had going into this thing, I can't describe it. Like, people that around me fun. were worried. Even Aisha was doing stronger, stronger. Ah, and don't I worry. I'm at your back. Hard guy, hard guy. She's not asleep. She's a pace. She's not asleep. But the peace that I felt, and that was, that was not the first time I'd felt God's peace like that in my life before, but immediately I felt it. Because it was not the first time, immediately I felt that calmness within my soul i knew exactly what it was and i was just smiling all through i was just like god God, mm, got me but anyways guys that piece you can't buy it in the market you cannot buy it in the market 200 million dollars cannot buy you that piece that piece that surpasses all, all understand that. That you even what you can explain you can't
1: understand You can't ex- you is that, that the moment you can piece. explain it is no longer like it's no longer the, that the type the so when you are with someone
0: and i know in this in this context we are talking about like um intimate relationships right But you can actually it can apply beyond, to any person yeah friendship, friends whatever yeah but that piece, when you are with someone let's say you're with you're with your family and you, you feel like there's no need for you to pretend. You can be yourself. You can just be, and they accept you like that. That is that peace. When you are, I feel that when you're in I a too. friendship, oh, As I say, well, you know, I love like- you love you I to
1: the moon and back like i i just know that like i know when i know that there's somebody that has got me and i don't have to pretend like they the, say, what the is what the ugliest part
0: need explanation
1: you know you don't have hmm. to pretend or form you can just be you just in be your and there. ugliness Whatever. and you will still feel safe and
0: you know that that person's got you that person's got you
1: cherish these things guys like they don't come like you don't get them it's not every time when you are right?
0: in a, any form of relationship that you feel that you have to hide a part of yourself in that relationship that is not the relate. that is not the relationship you should be in or you would need to set new boundaries mm-hmm. in that relationship if it's especially if it's like familiar relationships with family and stuff like that, you would have to set boundaries because you know that that is not a healthy relationship to be in. Any relationship you feel you have to hide a part of yourself, it's not a healthy relationship. So always remember that you set boundaries in every relationship you are in.
1: And guess what? They make you feel seen and understood.
0: What did we just say?
1: I know. They like to comfort and be comforted. They reflect on their actions and try to change. And guess what? the most important... Not the most important, but one of the other important ones is they are enjoyable to be around. Bam. And on that note,
0: guys, church has closed. Sending your office. That is it. Send in your office. That's it. Though. Send the PayPal.
1: PayPal, Visa, MasterCard. Visa, you
0: know, all of that. Interac- we, have, we have POS as well. <laughs> whichever one you want to use, want. transfers. Put your PayPal, own rails. Western Union. Just mm. money grand. pasta Pastor, pastor. Well, pasta. guys... Um, I hope we ended. It's been a, real on a light note. I hope you took something from this. I hope you are going to do the work you need within yourself to make to make you a better person. I hope you are going to learn to set boundaries, and ultimately, I hope you find a way to become a wholesome version of yourself.
1: Thank you. Ah, you know that thing that Beyoncé said that. It's not, I'm not in competition with anybody. i mean, in comp- competition with myself of yesterday. Something, something like that. Be in like
0: competition that. with your old self so that you're trying your to be a better self. version of you constantly. Yeah. Constantly. Don't alert. look at, constantly at anyone else's
1: race. It's just don't let you. any person's
0: um, own trauma influence your own life. And I know sometimes we cannot help it, but this is why we all have to work on that, work on overcoming our past trauma and becoming a better version of ourselves and it's not every time it's going to end up in happily ever after right sometimes if it's with your parents sometimes you might have to cut them off completely out of your life it doesn't always have to end in happily ever after but you should always remember that you should put yourself first your peace of mind your happiness depends on you and you should put yourself first and oh that- and i
1: wanted to say and i wanted to say one more thing right like mm-hmm. in the in i know we talk about therapy all the time and we say therapy therapy and again we understand that that is a privilege not everyone has a privilege to do that or can, you can afford read it books you can read books but also like one of our listeners you know Vincent said again that gave us feedback it was like even when therapy is not accessible like he remembers when he would go to church and you know like like oh, you yeah, know, he's, he's catholic, catholic and you know when you go for confessions and how you can just talk to the priest about anything that's bothering you that in a way that was a form of therapy that was accessible to him and that helped him as well so again like sometimes therapy might be you might not you might not be able to speak have access to a professional sometimes it's like you know again i know that if i start talking about religion and going to your pastor, that could be like a whole not yeah not, 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 not not that. but they're like, like
0: double-edged sword, but sometimes but like or if you have somebody some that ones, you
1: trust yeah. right even though they're not like a, a religious leader somebody that you trust that you know has your back that you can just don't carry the the worst thing you could do is carry these burdens on your own by yourself like let it out like let it flow find somebody that you can talk to that you can share that you can lift up because sometimes they said a problem shared is a problem half solved it doesn't even have to be solved but just that feeling of feeling like you've unpacked it yeah, does sometimes a lot. just
0: talking about it helps you process it and you thank you process what you to do or what exactly. needs to be done sometimes just saying it out loud just helps your thinking cap your brain just you know kind of reboot and instead of you spin everything inside you, all that stress, all that negative energy. Sometimes it's just good to let it out. And also if it's something that if it passes you, you know, seek help. It's okay to seek medical help, help if you can. Yeah. If you can.
1: Yeah, not alone. Like even the most alone person you're is not, not alone. alone.
0: And if you're listening to this podcast and you feel like, you know, I don't there's no one in my life I can talk to, send us an email. We'll read it.
1: Reach out, reach out. We are reach we want out, to okay? hear from you, yeah. Reach out. We will listen, even though we don't know how to solve anything. We will listen.
0: And on that Ooh, note, guys, guys. Uh, thank you for listening and thank you for coming on this journey with us. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Rogue Learning. You can find me, Ajiro, on Instagram and Twitter at Ajiro And you can find Aisha on Instagram and Twitter at Aisha X And on that note, guys, we'll see you in the next episode.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.